Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 615 of the Juicebox podcast. On this episode, I'll be speaking with Jamie. She is the mother of a child with type 1 diabetes. Today, we're going to talk about raising a child with type 1 when you have your own issues. We're also going to talk a little about Janie's child being on the Omnipod 5 trial and um, some conversations that she and I had privately some time ago. Please remember while you're listening that nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. If you're looking for a fast and easy way to help people with type 1 diabetes, you have type 1 diabetes, and you're from the United States, or you are the caregiver of a child with type 1 who also lives in the United States, all you have to do is go to t1dexchange.org forward slash juice box. Take the quick survey. Support people with type 1 diabetes while you're supporting the podcast. t1dexchange.org forward slash juice box. This episode of the Juice Box Podcast is sponsored by the Contour Next One Blood Glucose Meter. Find out more and get started today at contournext.com forward slash juice box. The podcast is also sponsored by Touched by Type 1. Learn everything you need to know about them at touchedbytype1.org or on their Facebook and Instagram pages. Know this before we start. No pressure. I'm having an incredibly bad day, so it is up to you to cheer me oh. up. <laughs> okay, I think I will. <laughs> All right, great. Go ahead whenever you're ready. Okay. Uh, my name is Jamie, and I live about an hour north of Boston, and I have two sons, and my um, oldest was diagnosed um, type 1 July 19th, 2019. Just two years ago. Oh, almost to the day. Yeah. Almost to the day. Wow. So you are uh, Mm -hmm. feeling it today, I would imagine, right? Having just gone past the anniversary of it? You know, I've been feeling it for a few months coming up, I think. (laughs) So, yes, I've been feeling it pretty deeply. How was the um, arrival of the second anniversary compared to the first? It was much harder. Um, So part of the reason I think... um, I don't know, part of the reason I think I'm even talking to you today is to talk about like the PTSD that um, I went through, um, you know, after the diagnosis and what that looked like for me. Um, And um, I think that the first year I was sort of in survival mode and sort of um, I'm going to be this perfect, you know, caretaker and he's going to have perfect numbers and this is going to be okay. And then it was like the second year that I was like, this sucks. This is forever. Oh, we're still um, we're still doing this thing. Oh. Yeah, exactly. Oh, this is still going on. Yeah. So, um, I think that you know that's that is you know in the first you know the, during the first year it was like I I had you like you were like a bright light that helped me and then um, um, also he was or and he still is actually part of the the Omnipod Horizon slash Omnipod Five trial. So I mm-hmm. thought, okay, this is going to make things so much better, and it did. Both things 
helped so much, but like, it's still here. <laughs> so <laughs> so you're telling me that six months after Christmas, I'm sick of the tree. Like you just can't keep the joy. <laughs> There's nothing, nothing that yes. you want for that long now. Well, do exactly. you, what, what is your expectation? Do you feel like you're going to have this like feeling forever or do you believe it's going to go away? Um, I feel like I have to do, I feel like when my son was first diagnosed at the age of two, so you have to remember, like it was, it fell on completely on myself and my husband. He, there, you know, he, it was just us. And I feel like, um, I never realized the impact that it would have for me when he was first diagnosed. It was, this is something he's going to have to deal with for the rest of his life. This happened to him. This is heartbreaking. And over the past year, I realized that diabetes has entered every crevice of my soul. You know what I mean? It is not just a disease for my son. It is a disease for his brother, for myself, for my husband, for for his grandparents, my parents. Um, and I feel like, I feel like what I need to do is ex what I'm hoping is that I can come to terms with that and accept that um, and learn to maybe hold on more firmly to hope and less to control, <laughs> if that makes sense. It does. So you're saying that you are at the moment in your mind trying to manipulate unmanipulatable things that may or may exactly. not happen in the future. How do you do exactly. that? Help share with people a little bit some of the ways that you make yourself crazy trying to accomplish an unaccomplishable task. Oh my gosh. So like I am your typical control girl. Like I was going to have, you know, get a fairy tale wedding, have a huge house in the Hills and, you know, like my kids are going to be healthy. They were going to be good at sports because my husband was like a sports star growing up. And, you know, we were just going to have this happy little life tied up in a bow. And it feels like, you know, with the diagnosis that shattered everything to my core and it not only, um, you know, worried me for my son, it worried me for his brother was a huge part of it, you know, knowing that his chances of being diagnosed increased and just like how it would affect his brother. And you can't control those things. I, for the longest time, tried to control my youngest son from being diagnosed with diabetes. I mean, I did it all. I did the vitamin D, the K, the the uh, fish oil, you know what I mean? And it was like, I was not going to let this happen. I tested his blood sugar 50 times a day. I had like, I was just living like a living on a thread by a thread for yeah. so long. And it wasn't until I came to terms with the fact that I cannot control <laughs> what happens and instead I need to and just embrace hope. Well, at least <laughs> it was your, a rough go. At least your other child has amazing uh, vitamin levels. Yeah, right. <laughs> Actually, it was really funny because uh, Max's endo had said to me the other day, she's like, um, you know, what are you doing for vitamin D? And I'm like, oh, they get like 20,000 whatever IUD, IUDs or whatever, not IUDs. <laughs> Edit that out. Um, well, I'm not editing <laughs> they anything do not, <laughs> um, They, you know, they get this much. And she's like, well, that could actually be dangerous. I think you need to back that off. Well, you, she was much, like, you know, you can you, overdose. Yeah, yeah. You can get too much vitamin D. It has, it has, uh, Poor effects. What? How much were you using a day? 
I, I think 20,000 a day That's I was giving them and like much. these droppers. Yeah. yeah. So she, <laughs> she was like, I want you to cut that back to like three times a week. And see, I even have a hard time doing that. Even with her telling me, you know what I mean? Because it no, feels, needs that. Ooh, ooh, Jamie, this is interesting. Does it feel like a ritual that you need to do? Oh, a hundred percent. This is what I do need to do to keep things. I got to keep the control. Do you have any obsessive compulsive things happening prior to diabetes? Do you count your steps, click your teeth, anything odd, anything? <laughs> yeah. So actually I um, have been, you know, clinically diagnosed OCD way before hmm. um, diabetes. And um, I am, that has been like an added component to like the post-traumatic stress of the diagnosis. Oh, I'm um, sorry. That, so absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So listen, I'm not a doctor. I think we've covered that a couple of times on here. Yes. <laughs> but I, I personally try to take 5,000 IUs of vitamin D every day. And if I miss, mm -hmm. I don't think anything of it. Um, right. I can tell you that in the course of trying to raise my sons, the doctor was giving that like kind of super pill. I think they're 20 or 50,000 maybe once a week. And mm -hmm. that ended up being too much for him. So okay. he had to go to every other week. Um, it okay. does raise... I want to say, oh, wow, here's me guessing phosphates or something. So anyway, when your body has too much vitamin D, it starts producing something else, thinking something's wrong. So there, right. is, there is a bad side to having. You can have too much. Um, yes. What? Ooh. So, boy, this fell on you. And this is. And so you kind of leaned on all of your. What do we call mm -hmm. it? Yeah, your I don't know obsessive what you call it. Obsessive thoughts, compulsions. Th right. And you were like, <laughs> I will use my obsessive nature to help my exactly. children. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh. I was the hero. <laughs> I got you. I was going to do it all. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And so two years into it, let's start like with the what most people listening to are like, I can't believe this is going to be the easy stuff. But I think in your case, it might be. <laughs> the, how about just the, the blood sugar stuff? How is that going? Amazing. He his uh, his A one C is five point six. Um, he's four now, um, and you know we're slowly starting to teach him that you know there's certain things that we just. I know like a big thing for you is you know you don't restrict Arden's diet at all. Um, there's certain things for Max that I cannot figure out, so I'm like you just don't get to eat these things. And he's a very like agreeable child, so he's just like okay. Like he'll be like I can't have a banana because it's too hard for my mummy to dose for. <laughs> um, so, I mean, we definitely, there are things that we definitely restrict in ways. Um, we try to do more low carb. He probably eats, you know, between 75 and 80 carbs a day. Mm -hmm. So not like crazy low carb. Um, but I think as he gets older, we may swing that way. I don't know. But, um, with the Omnipod Horizon or five, whatever you want to call it, um, his numbers overnight are magical. Like, yeah, magical. they're, they're going to want you to call it the Omnipod five. I'm pretty sure. And I, yeah. think, I think they wish they wouldn't have like been like, we're going to call it Horizon. And then later they're like, mm, what if we did this instead? <laughs> well, it's funny because all the supplies we get um, from his endo say, um, toddler horizon trial. So I'm like, I don't know, whatever it is, but yes, I think you're right. I think officially now it's Omnipod five. Yeah, I think um, if I'm being hundred percent honest, I believe it's Omnipod five with horizon or something. Like that. I don't, oh yeah. I don't, yeah. You might be right. I'm sure we'll find out when it's launched. Um, right. But anyway, uh, so how long, oh, okay, wait a minute. See, damn it, Jamie, you have too much stuff to talk about. My, I just, oh. I just saw a fork <laughs> in the road come up in my brain and I was like, ask this. And then a voice yelled, no, no, ask about this. 
Oh, gosh. So I'm going to go a little farther into what you're doing for yourself. Because, I mean, I I, I don't know anybody personally who has kind of obsessive thoughts, but I've heard people Mm -hmm. discuss it before. And Mm -hmm. it's obviously um, can be stifling to say the least and then you add this to Mm -hmm. it so do you have them for yourself and for your kids um so it's interesting i um i started having you know obsessive compulsions um in my 20s jamie jamie give me a second this will make sense in a second i hold on one second oh sure yep um so I started having um, obsessive thoughts and compulsions in my 20s, um, and obviously I didn't have kids at that time, but um, they were more focused on repeated behaviors, um, like checking to make sure the door was locked or tapping the wall a few times before I left. Um, I would have to drive back and make sure I'd shut the garage door, those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and they centered more around um myself. (laughs) And then once I had kids, um, they were lucky enough to um, be the receiver of some of those. (laughs) Um, And it only manifested, I mean, let me rephrase that. It it went a little out of control um, after the diagnosis because the whole premise um, behind OCD is you're going to control your world with these thoughts and compulsions, right? So Mm -hmm. it's really like a control disorder. So, you know, imagine someone that seriously struggles with needing to be in control of everything all the time and then being told, your child has this crazy disease where it's manageable, but not really. And you can never really be that much in control. And who knows, your other son could get it too. That's, you know, it was a lot. (laughs) Right. Well, so back in your 20s, did you address it at all? I, I, you know, I was, it it was, for me, I was living like, so I went to different therapists and stuff and and I was on medication and they said, if it's not impacting your life more than like an hour a day, like then you can be considered sort of in remission. So like I flirted with treatment and things like that, but it wasn't like as big of an issue. It was like the, the diagnosis, Max's diagnosis was the catalyst that sort of blew the whole thing up when, and you know, I didn't seek treatment for a while after he was diagnosed. I sort of lived um, in my obsessions and my compulsions until it got to the point where it was like I couldn't live a normal life anymore and it was you know it was to the point where my husband was like I really think like you know like you need to seek some sort of help so okay and I I guess before how did it impact like so I understand how it impacted you how did it Mm -hmm. impact a marriage um it it was hard because it wasn't it wasn't just dealing with this um, new discovery of a chronic illness. It was that plus trying to deal with my, um, you know, I don't want to call them crazy because I I, I want to do this so that other people that have these same feelings don't think they're crazy because it's not, but it was these over exaggerated um, fears and, my husband could not bring me down. You know what I mean? It Mm -hmm. was like, I would get angry. I'd be, you know, I would step away from our children for a few hours and I come home and I would be like, 
has, has Gray been drinking a lot of water? Like, and my husband would be like, no. And I'm like, well, how many, how many glasses of water has he had? And he'd say, well, I don't know, Jamie. I didn't count his glasses of water. And I'd be like, why wouldn't you have counted his glasses of water? And then it would turn to like anger. You know what I mean? Right. So it was not just dealing with the stress of Max's diagnosis. It was dealing with this um, intense fear of the possibility of Gray being diagnosed as well. Gotcha. Is there anything that impacts it for the positive? Um, is there any, I'm sorry, can you ask that? Yeah, aside of, aside of medication, I guess, is there anything that impacts you positively that stops the thoughts or makes them easier? So, yeah, so I'm in, um, therapy. Um, so that has helped a lot and I'm actually just started EMDR. Um, I did it once and it wasn't with, um, a therapist. I don't think that really knew what he was doing and I've started it with a new therapist and it's been super helpful so far. So can you say more about what that is? Um, yeah. So EMDR is eye movement desensitization, um, eye movement desensitization, something, I don't remember what the R stands for, but I don't know if maybe you can Google it really quick, but, um, um, you're about the third person to bring it up on the show is why I'm Oh, really? That's interesting. Yeah, it's it's been very helpful for me. Um, And basically, it's, you know, you address these targets that you've had in your life that have been significant traumas. Um, And obviously, my biggest one was Max's diagnosis. Um, You address them and then you go through these um, behaviors and it helps to kind of reprocess your brain so that when you think of them, it's not the, you know, the same anxiety and um, doom and gloom as you retrain your brain to think of them in a less um, traumatic way, I guess. I have uh, EMDR.com. Uh, Mm -hmm. And there's a a description here for a lay people. And I think that's me Mm -hmm. for certain EMDR, eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. I'm glad you stumbled on that too. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of letters in the middle of that. Uh, Yeah, right. and, And reprocessing is a psychotherapy that enables people to heal from the symptoms and emotional distress that are the results of disturbing life experiences. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah. Listen, I've got a couple of things I'd like to forget. Will that help? (laughs) (laughs) Well, see, you don't forget. It's just that, um, you know, if you have something traumatic that's happened, that's, you know, really like interrupting your life, it helps you to um, be able to think about it without having sort of the whole trauma come back to you and having to relive it every single time. Okay. Okay. Excellent. I understand. All right. So that's helping. Yes. Yes. Okay. Very much. You don't have as many conversations with your husband that sound like. Yeah. I haven't finger. I haven't done a finger stick on gray in probably two months. So. Wow. I bet you he's grateful. How how old is he? Yeah. Um, He's three. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because that was probably impactful on him in ways that you didn't mean for it to be. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I feel like very guilty looking back, but when you're in it, you know that saying, like, you do the best you can, or you you do the best you can, and then when you know better, you do better? Yeah. I I kind of feel like when I was in it, I really thought that I was doing the best I could. You know what I mean? I don't think he'll remember. Um, don't worry. I know. Well, and Max kind of had, like, a very um, traumatic diagnosis as well. Um, so I think a part of the trauma centered around um, the day that he was diagnosed, and, and people weren't believing me that something was wrong. 
So are you able to tell me about that without it making you upset? Yeah. Um, it's not even like that. It's not like a big, long story. I just, um, I noticed that he had been drinking a lot of water and he was peeing a lot. Mm -hmm. And I kind of like stashed that in the back of my head, but didn't think too much of it. Um, and then I just woke up one morning and my husband had already left for work and, um, he, started crying and I went into his room and he had like peed through his diaper and he was like very upset and I was like something is wrong so I called my husband and I was like Mark I really think he has diabetes um and because I you know I had googled it Dr. Google and um and my husband was like no he's fine it's the middle of July he's drank a lot of water like this is just you doing your obsessive like crazy thoughts you know see me i have to tell you when you said that i thought if i was your husband only having spoken to you for 20 minutes right now i'd be like "Mm, there goes jamie again and i gotta gotta get back to work you you know like so (laughs) yeah oh Mm -hmm. okay so i can see how this could be like you're the boy that cried wolf all of a sudden Mm -hmm, exactly and nobody would believe me and so um i continued to watch him down bottle after bottle of water and I had to take my younger son in for some sort of an appointment somewhere else and in that appointment he was like we had only been out of the car like 10 minutes and he was like mama I need some water and that's when I was like I told the receptionist I'm like I'm sorry we have an emergency I have to go I was like becoming unhinged Mm -hmm. and so I called my mom and I was like mom something is wrong and she was like well why don't you just call the pediatrician's office tell them what's going on you know go talk to the nurse and see so I called and the nurse was like, you know, I'm sure nothing is wrong. Um, And I was like, you know, it would make me, it was a Friday. And I was like, you know, and I'm thinking for myself and my husband, like if we have to go through the whole weekend, like this is not good. So I was like, would you mind if I just brought him in? Like just to be safe. And she said, sure. So I made an appointment. I called my husband at work and I was like, Mark, I was like, you need to come home right now. Like he has diabetes, like this is happening, like, you Mm -hmm. know, and so um, my husband, you know, begrudgingly came home and the whole way to the doctor's office, he was like, you know, this is fine. Like he doesn't have diabetes. Like, what do you want to do this weekend? Now I have the rest of the day off, you know, Friday, (laughs) baby. Yeah. Right. (laughs) And so we got to the pediatrician's office and the doctor came in and, and he was like, you know, does his weight and stuff and he's like has he been sick and and I was like no he's totally normal just like drinking a lot and peeing a lot and he was like okay and he's like yeah so um he doesn't have diabetes you know it's summer it's hot and and um he's like so you guys are you're you're good to go and I said um well isn't there a way to test because keep in mind like I knew nothing about diabetes just what you know I googled for the signs and I said is there some way to test and he said um well (laughs) he's not potty trained and so we can't test his urine so we would have to attach a bag to him under his diaper and then when he goes to the bathroom you would have to come in and give us the urine and we'd have to test it but that's really not necessary and I said um okay well is there any way to test his blood um because I had a friend that's a nurse and she said you can test his blood sugar yeah you know you can test his sugars through blood so he goes, you want to, you want to prick his finger for this? Like, I'm telling you, he doesn't have diabetes. And my husband's looking at me like, like I'm going to freaking kill you because every, I do this everywhere we go, you know? Other girls <laughs> and, liked me in high school. <laughs> <laughs> <Seriously>. <laughs> and we actually went to high school together. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, and so, um, the, and I said, yeah, I want to stick his finger. Like we're here, you know? So, you know, the medical assistant comes in and sticks his finger. And I I knew because I heard her say, um, 
okay, so his blood sugar is, and you know, now I know it was counting down. And she went, um, oh, um, oh, uh, okay, um, let me, um, so it's, you know, 786, she said. And I said, what does that mean? Is that bad? And she was like, well, it's probably nothing, but they might have you go to the hospital to just verify. And I was like, what? <laughs> Nobody oh, ever no. wants to tell you anything. <laughs> They're just right? like, uh, I'll let someone else say this to you. I got to go. <laughs> Yeah, and that's what she did, and right. she split. So then we're sitting in there waiting. I'm like, Mark, he, like this is bad. So I did a quick Google search, like what should your on my phone, like what should your normal blood sugar be? And then I saw that it should be like a hundred, like non fasting or you know something around that. And I'm like, Mark, I saw the number. It was seven eighty six. Like, like you know, he, like he has diabetes. And my husband was still like, No, it's something else. Right. Whatever. So the doctor comes back and he says, Well, he says it looks like we were wrong. I was like, It looks like you were wrong. Did you say it? I would have been like, Who's we, mother? <laughs> i did i actually said it i said no it looks like you were wrong i was like you know i was like in full like mama bear mode and he says you know we're going to call an ambulance he needs to go to the er immediately i said you're not calling an ambulance (laughs) i said i'm driving my son to because i i wanted to keep my family together like the four of us were there and i knew that i couldn't be away from my husband and i knew they wouldn't let us both go and we had gray and Mm -hmm. i said i said you're not calling an ambulance um the hospital was like a mile from the pediatrician's office like i could probably get there faster so you know we brought him to the er and and um the er doctor my husband was still in the er was like you know what else could this be and the finally the er doctor just looked at him he was like this isn't any this can't be anything else he right. said this is the, he has your son has type 1 diabetes and he said i'll never i'll never forget he said in um your lives from here are changed forever oh thanks great yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. excellent i i think those <laughs> words get said to everybody for some reason um yeah i have a question in the doctor's yeah. office when your son has diabetes and you're all of that like obsessive thought thinking was confirmed mm-hmm. as being necessary was that exactly. bad? was that bad for you scott you are a very intelligent man you uh, hit the nail on the head okay. that's exactly so once my my obsessive thoughts were confirmed it it was like it took off from there it was like i have to i have to be hyper so i have what's called hyper vigilance now um so i'm a whole bucket of fun but um <laughs> i have this hyper vigilance of like if i don't take care of my children if i don't watch out for this nobody else is going to right and you know that's like well here's the interesting thing wow i can't i'm going to feed into this for you i think you're right I just don't think it should make you tortured. Right, because I can't control it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a difference between understanding the reality of the statement and and exactly. doing things that are not valuable in the pursuit of supporting the statement. I guess exactly. is, is what I mean. So I, mm-hmm. listen. When my son climbed on a school bus when he was five years old for the first time. We went back into the house. Kelly took the day off to see him off for school the first time. We went back into the house, and Kelly's like, he's going. And I just started crying. (laughs) I was like, (laughs) well, first of all, he'd been with him for five years, every minute of his life. That's the one thing. The second thing was this. I started doing, like, backwards math. I'm like, 
who gets a job driving a school bus? Like it's, right. I'm like, it's only in the morning and the <laughs> afternoon. How much could that even pay? And, and you're like, right. like, so who's doing that? And my, my wife's like retired people or people who need part-time work that I'm like, I don't know. Like that doesn't make any sense. Like, why would they do that? And then, who are these teachers? You know what I mean? And I was like, these are just people who want the summer off. And, <laughs> and, and well, spiraling. Right. I was just like, you've got to be kidding me. I said, I have just mm-hmm. taken the thing I care most about in the world mm-hmm. that, that I can't replace. And I've mm-hmm. handed it off to strangers, literal mm-hmm. strangers. And one of them's driving a tank with my son in it right now. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, right. What are we doing? <laughs> but, mm-hmm. but the point, mm-hmm. the point has to be, and I know this is, this is a tough pill to swallow, especially if you're in your situation. Every once in a while, a school bus crashes into something and some kids die. And it's a mm-hmm. horrible tragedy. Mm-hmm. But that cannot stop children from going to school. Right. And it can't make you sit at home thinking constantly, what if, you know, my my the craziest example I've ever come up with on the show is that every once in a while, a frozen urine falls out of an airplane and like breaks somebody's roof of their house or something. Like right. you can't live your whole life wondering if frozen urine is going to fall on your head. It's exactly it, it because it's probably not going to. And if it does, you you take the the necessary steps and and if it gets out to the end of your control, that is what's going to happen. You, right. you know, you know and and um mm-hmm. and it'll be incredibly sad if something terrible happens and it will be uh it will probably change you forever. Um uh, mm-hmm. but you can't allow yourself to ruin all the time that exists in your life worrying about what if frozen urine falls on my head. And, exactly. you know, like just if it hits you, be like, I be damned. <laughs> I got hit with frozen like, urine. That's right. insane. Right. <laughs> like, you are, know, you, are you serious? Yeah, like, exactly. This actually just happened? I can't believe that happened. But at least you <laughs> would not have wasted Every exactly. minute leading up to that, which is, but you're, so now the problem is, is that you're aware of that intellectually. Is that right? Absolutely aware. Absolutely. Yep. Got it. But it's hard to deal mm-hmm. with. Okay. All right. It is. It's very hard, I but feel, I'm getting there. Well, good for you. That's, it's very brave <laughs> of you to tackle because it would be easy. I imagine to just devolve into it and just yes, r- rant and rave at people. Like, I can't believe you're not worried about the ant I saw in the backyard and what it could mean for earth sciences and exactly. the, the end of time. <laughs> Right. Right. And it and, and, and it and it could be anything. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just what my mind has chosen to place it on is diabetes because it's the easiest thing. Obviously, it's the scariest. But really it could be anything, you know. Um and I don't know if you remember this, but I remember when you were helping me one day, I texted you like frantic and I was like, I tested Gray's blood sugar and it was it was exactly one hundred when he woke up this morning and it's supposed to be under one hundred. Does he have diabetes? Like tell me, does he have diabetes? And yeah. you're like, What are you talking about? <laughs> well, like, let's get into the rest of it now. Let's I, I appreciate you going over all this, but let's move into the other yeah. stuff because I think we have some kind of fun stuff to talk about. It's gonna this yes. is a weird episode. And um, yeah. and other things. So Sure. Let's just tell everybody, what do you think is going to happen right now? If you were listening, Jamie, what would you expect to happen right now on the show? Um, uh, talk about Omnipod Horizon. Right after the ads. Well, I couldn't schedule it well enough for the Omnipod ad to come up on this episode. So don't be disappointed. 
because I'm still going to tell you about something amazing. The Contour Next One Blood Glucose Meter. This is the blood glucose meter that my daughter uses. It is incredibly travelable, travelable. It's portable, portable. In, and they're all portable. That's not really what I mean. This is off to a rousing start. It fits really well in your pocket or your bag or your purse or wherever you carry your diabetes supplies. It's that. Whatever that word is, that's what the contour next one is. It's very, I'm not coming up with a word. It's fascinating. Let's do this together. Portable's right, but it's not what I mean. It's, oh my goodness. Convenient? That sounds like such a trite thing to say in an ad. I mean, the thing just fits well everywhere. It's big enough that you can hold it and small enough that it doesn't take up a lot of space. And yet you can still see the screen, got nice bright numbers, has a beautiful light for when you're testing at night. Uh, the test strips are second chance. So if you hit some blood, don't get enough, you can go back and get the rest without messing with the accuracy of the test or ruining the test strip. Actually, this is kind of remarkable, but you may find out that purchasing test strips for the Contour Next One over the counter to be less expensive than with your insurance copay. Isn't that crazy? At the website, there's a little calculator here. Like I'll show you, there's a little drop down box. It says select the amount of test strips, it's what you get with like your order. And then it says, how much do you pay for them? And then you enter the amount that you pay. It says, how much do you pay out of pocket when you pick up the test strips? I don't know, say, say you pay $20, I don't know. Then you just push calculate and it tells you if you'd be better off buying them with your copay or with cash. It's nice, it's handy. And there's all kinds of information here about the meters and the test strips. I'm telling you right now that contournext.com forward slash juice box is one of the most valuable easy to use websites that I've ever seen. And look, I know you're like, Scott, we've been talking about a blood glucose meter here for like a minute and a half. What are we doing here? Well, you need a good, accurate, reliable blood glucose meter that you can see in the dark. You need one that travels well with you and that isn't gonna break the bank. But most of all, you need it to be accurate. And the meter you're using right now may not be that accurate, but the contour next one it is contournext.com forward slash juice box. Spend a few minutes today doing something simple and valuable for your health. Last thing, don't forget to jump over to touchedbytype1.org. They have a mission. It's to elevate awareness of type 1 diabetes, raise funds to find a cure, and inspire those with diabetes to thrive. And a little birdie told me that they're big in-person event is coming back in 2022. So you might want to head over there now, just find where the programs tab is so that when this thing starts being, you know, a reality and tickets are made available and you want to come see yours truly speak at it, you'll know where to go. Touched by type1.org. That's right, baby. Scott back talking in public. I'm not afraid. I'm going to fly with saran wrap wrapped around my face, just so you know. And like one little air hole goes through like 63 cigarette filters. Why don't you remind everyone, and by everyone I mean me, how we met because I meet a lot of people and I want to make sure that sure. what I'm thinking of is what I'm thinking of.
Yeah. Um, so I um, was in a super dark place. I could not control. Like he had a decent A1C um, just because like he was going low a lot. But I mean, he was up and down, up and down, up and down. And I was like a crazy person trying to manage his blood sugar. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, think of your worst nightmare. And that was me. Um, and it was taking every um, every sense of my energy, my power, I was like, you know, it wasn't a life. And um, I had listened to one of your podcasts before. And um, I, I don't know, it was like in the beginning when I was first diagnosed, and there was so much and I kind of was like, yeah, I'll go back to that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I thought you were funny. Like, I was like, yeah, I could listen to that. But there's just so much other things I need to do. And I was driving home one day from work, and I was just sobbing, you know, like, I don't know, if you've ever done this, but like, sometimes on the interstate, I'm just so like, turn off the radio and I just cry. (laughs) Um, And I was sobbing and I was like, what am I going to do? And something in my head said to reach out to Scott Benner. Now, I know you're going to think I'm crazy, but that is what something in my head said. It said, reach out to Scott Benner. He will help you. Now, I had only listened to one of your podcasts. I followed Juicebox on Facebook and stuff. But like, I'm like, so then I started arguing with myself. And I'm like, he's not going to help you. You are a nobody. And like, you've listened to like four of his podcasts, you know, like, and so, but they kept nagging at me. So I sent you a message on Facebook. And I said, hey, I'm having a really hard time. Um, I'm, I think I have PTSD. Do you have any episodes? And you wrote me back and you said, check out this episode. And I was like, okay, you know what, brain, I... I reached out to him and nothing happened. That's it. And then like maybe two hours later, after I dismissed it, you messaged me back and you said, don't worry, it gets easier. And that was probably your biggest mistake because then I unleashed. I'm like, it's so hard. Like my son is two or no, at the time he was, yeah, no, he was still two. I think I was like, he's two and, and I don't know what I'm doing and I just want the best life for him. And, and so of course you being Scott, you were like, send me a graph. So I sent you a graph and you're immediately, you're like, your basil's weak. You're not doing a long enough pre-bolus. And, um, and then you said, you know, do you want me to follow him for a couple of weeks? I can help you. And I was just like, oh, like, yeah. <laughs> the sky is opened. And I was like, yes, yes, I would like that. <laughs> Don't make me and sound so, too philanthropic because you also told me you were using <laughs> Omnipod 5 in a trial, right? Yeah, I yeah. think I did. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I was like, oh, I would love to see how this works. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, you're right because you had said like um, your basil's too weak. And I had said something like, well, I can't control his basal because he's in the Omnipod trial. Right. And and you said, okay, well, let's give this a go. I can help you and I can also learn about the trial. Right, right. I think that is, yeah, 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 yeah. Not, not that I wouldn't have done it otherwise. Like there's, so there's sure. an interesting thing for people listening because please do not send me a thousand messages today. I know. <laughs> uh, but, um, <laughs> but so when, when messages come, there's a randomness to whether I can answer or not. So I'm a real person. Right. Like I'm not just right. sitting here and I have <laughs> right. children and a home and all that stuff. I and mean, I have a wife who mm-hmm. sometimes says, are you helping these people instead of me? Like, you know, like stuff sure. like that. Um, mm-hmm. So if I see the message and it coincides with my ability to answer, then, mm-hmm. I, then I can answer. I sometimes see messages that I don't answer for weeks or, you know, more. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Yours must have just randomly come at a time that I was able to answer because because you could see what could happen like once somebody has the feeling of like oh i have a connection now then Mm -hmm. then the tap opens 
And now I'm mm-hmm. like, ooh, like when you send that message back, I'm like, oh, oh, geez, I shouldn't have answered her. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, stay away from me. <laughs> uh, I made a mistake. Unread. Yep. Is, that a, is that a button? <laughs> um, but, but, uh, but, but no, but, but it's not that you don't want to. It's that there becomes sure. time. And then suddenly I can't, I don't want to give somebody like, I like half-assed attention, right? Like, so 100%. if I'm, if I'm going to talk to you, I'm really going to talk to you. And if I'm not, mm-hmm. if I can't, then I, then I can't. So sure. I was happy to do it, but I mean, mm-hmm. honestly, the Omnipod 5 part was really, was intriguing to me. So yeah. So it worked for both of us, which was amazing. It was a yeah. symbiotic relationship. <laughs> I remember standing out front of my house at one point with headphones on, like talking to you for a while, like trying to mm-hmm. get something straightened out. So so we made some small adjustments. I don't remember what they were anymore. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I think just probably reinforced ideas about when to use insulin and stuff like that. Is that how you remember it? Um, you gave me the power to um, give insulin when he needed it. Like you gave me, you let me know, like you don't have to wait two hours. Like if your son is 150 double arrows up, like you can give, you can bolus him. Like mm-hmm. that's okay. And I knew that that was okay from listening to um, the podcast, but like having you there watching his numbers, like for the first few days, you literally would text me and say, let me, I remember you said like, let me know when you give it food. And I was like, um, this is a person. <laughs> you're like, this is how my mind works. Like, and you're like, let me know when you input food. Um, and so, you know, you just kind of like, I, I copied what you did basically for the first two days. Right. And, you know, like you gave it, to, you basically walked me through it and then I just copied what you did and it's worked ever since. Yeah. I'm glad it's the, um, the tools are really important. The steps are super important. Understanding why mm-hmm. is important, but the timing of it is hard to yes. teach. And so what I've mm-hmm. found is that if people watch it happen, mm-hmm. they can mimic it later. And then eventually, 100%, that's right. what, yes. And then mm-hmm. eventually it becomes like, now you, you're not doing things without understanding why anymore. A hundred percent. And you know what else is it gave me um, like it, it was a it, it sh- you showed me how to do it so that it was less of a I have to think about this all the time. Like I just know what to do and I do it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. And it's no it's no longer like, what am I going to do? Do I give it? Do I not? Like, you know, so. So even on an algorithm, people should understand. And I've never seen Omnipod 5 work in person. I've never used it. Not so far. I think I will soon. But um, I haven't mm-hmm. so far. Um, mm-hmm. Other than this interaction with you. But sure. it's still pre-bolusing is still a thing when you're on an algorithm. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. It yeah. doesn't work for food. It's, you know, it's not, you know, you're still using, you know, Novolog or Humalog, you know, it's still, so it, it takes a while and it doesn't know when you're eating. Um, honestly, what I've told people in the diabetes community is it is a lifesaver for sleeping at night. Like, I mean, the only complaint I have about it at night is that the lowest they're letting us set it for the toddlers is 110. And I would really love my son to coast at 75, 80 at night. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not complaining because, you know, there were nights where we were up four or five times a night. We never have to get up at night anymore. Yeah. I mean, he coast 110 the entire night. Yeah, but that's amazing. And I'm assuming and I'm hoping that. So, listen, I don't know about like, let's make sure I'm, we're not doing anything wrong here. Are you allowed to talk about this? I am allowed to talk about it. I'm not allowed to show pictures for some reason. I specifically asked and they said, just don't show any pictures. Really? <laughs> of like the device. You yeah. said to them, I'm going to go on a podcast and talk about this. 
No, no, no. When we first started the trial, I said, am I allowed, like, what are the rules surrounding discussing it? And they said, you can tell people he's on it. You can tell them about it, but do not show any pictures. And I said, okay. All right. Well, then if that's the direction you got, let's keep talking. (laughs) So so I have some questions about it um, that I really don't know the answers to. Um, Sure. Does it learn? It does. Okay. How does that work? Yep. So um, it, once you first, okay, where do I want to start with this? So when you first put like it on, um, it's, you know, it's just the, the, um, the dash. Mm-hmm. And um, when you first put it on, it starts to, you have to input what you think the basal rate should, for your child should be or yourself if okay. you're a diabetic. Um, and then it makes adjustments based on the history of Um, you know, like, okay, you're going low this time of day. We're going to back off on insulin a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, You're going high. We're going to up your basal this. So every hour is a different basal that it gives you based on its memory and the history of what your numbers have looked like. Wow. That's pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. And that works out. It It works out at night during the day. I don't during the day. I mean, I hope I don't get in trouble for saying this. I don't, I don't, know that I see too much difference because food, because there's so many factors, there's mm-hmm. excitement, there's food, there's exercise, you know what I it mean? It can't that know the, about that. It can't things. learn. Right. Yeah. Well, it also can't know, right? Like if you're going to get super right. excited out of nowhere, it doesn't know that's about right. to happen. It, it, it would exactly. need time for that, which is, which is also illustrating why the pre-bolusing is still important. You have to, you're basically telling it, look, I'm going to eat in 20 minutes. So, right. you know, or whatever your pre-bolus is. And so right. if you could tell it, hey, look, I'm going to get super excited in 20 minutes. My blood sugar is going to jump up. Then right. it, it might be able to help. But that's always going to be a limitation of these things. It's just the unpredictability of your life. So what do you do in that situation? If if like adrenaline hits or something, you just bolus? Yeah, you have to bolus. Yeah, you have to bolus. Or, you know, if um, adrenaline hits and it's normally a time when he's higher, you have to, in, in, the, in the system gives too much, you have to juice or, you know, give a glucose tab. So you can you can still see lows sometimes during the day when you're being aggressive with other blood sugars. A hundred percent. Okay. All right. Yes. Um, what's the uh, what's the stability, the time and range like? So I mean, I so our time and range is around like ninety percent, but you have to keep in mind that like even before the development, our time and range was like 80%. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, what is your range? So I think, what is our range of time right now? Yeah, what's the range you're looking at? Like what's the low and the high of the range? Oh, this is how they said it is 180. Okay, so it is, I see. So uh, what, 70 to 180. And we and, and the other thing too is we may let him sit at, if he's 68 coasting, I'm not giving him glucose. <laughs> right. But they're counting that as low, you know? Yeah. And something like a 68 that kind of rises back up again. Mm-hmm. Does it? Yeah. Does the the algorithm, I assume, in that situation takes away basal to get it to come back up? It does. It's always trying to get it to 110. Does it make all of its decisions with basal? There's no bolusing? Like auto-bolusing? There's no. So it, so if... If the if it senses that you're going hot, you know, if your blood sugar is rising, if your blood sugar is rising, um, then it will give extra basil. Mm-hmm. Is there a cap on how much basil it can give? Like if if uh, let me give you an example. Say your son's basil is 0.5 an hour. Can it go to 
one an hour? Can it go to 1.5 or does it only go a percentage of the 0.5? Um, you have to set the cap. So the endo sets the cap mm-hmm. in this, in the trial, in the trial. Wait till I yeah. set the cap. I know, right? <laughs> it's not going to be a cap. <laughs> well, and I already told my, I already told the endo, I said, you know, adults are not going to want this. Maybe toddlers will want this at 110. But like, if I was a diabetic, I would not be happy with 110 being like the goal. You know what I mean? Like, you got you to gotta lower it. <laughs> so my expectation is, and this is based on nothing that anyone has said to me, that you have to, when you're trying to get something through the FDA, you have to pick a target that you know for certain you can accomplish or you're not going to mm. get your product to market. So sure. the hope is, and by the way, any opportunity I have behind the scenes to talk to people is that they should continue testing with lower targets and get those to us. Um, because mm-hmm. because I I believe what you're saying. You know, I'm um, I, I'm going to end up saying this a thousand times this year, the the year of the algorithm. This is going to end up being. Um, but the the truth is, is that if I can't set a lower target, I might not want this thing. But exactly for countless, and I do mean countless, hundreds of thousands, if not over a million people living in the United States with diabetes who are not listening to this podcast, who are not having great success. Mm-hmm. slapping an Omnipod 5 on them, getting the settings right, teaching them the pre-bullets changes their life in an immeasurable sure. way, you, you know, mm-hmm. for, for the much better, not just for the little bit better. And so sure. there's a difference between people who want 75, 80 overnight and stable and people who are just going to be like, do you know my A1C is 6.3? Do you, do you know how right. amazing that is to me? Like, like they'll live their whole life in a much better way because of that. So so sure. you have to continue to see this stuff as progression. Like it's mm-hmm. not like the best version of this thing that's ever going to exist isn't arriving soon. It's the first version of it that's arriving soon. And you right. have you have to be patient with that and and um and that's I'm not saying that because they're a they're a sponsor. I'm saying that because I think my daughter might end up using it and it's how I'm going to have to see it. So yeah, I mean, I totally agree. And like I said, like, I, I wouldn't give it up. Like, you'd have to pry it out of my, like, cold, mm-hmm. dead hands. Yeah. Because it has changed my life overnight. Wow, that's really cool. So um, what's the learning curve on it? Like, if you didn't meet me, you will see. <laughs> but, you know, you were in a tough situation because you, so tell people a little bit about that. You were in a trial where you weren't supposed mm-hmm. to be touching things. Mm-hmm. But you couldn't stop yourself. By the way, Jamie, I'm remembering our conversations more and more. I remember by the time we were done, it's funny. I didn't know about the OCD, but I thought, yeah, if Jamie's husband goes and my wife goes, I'll call Jamie. Like, you were cool. <laughs> you had, like, a nice vibe about you. You know what I mean? Right, so, right. And we could probably definitely make a baby with diabetes if we needed to. So, um, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but, but, no, I just – I remember really enjoying talking to you. And, yeah. um, and at the time – I recall saying like, well, I think this needs to be more. And you're like, I'm not allowed to touch this stuff. So mm-hmm. tell people about what it's like being in a trial first. Um, so you have very little control. Like, you are you know, I mean, and for a, re- a good reason, mm-hmm. you know, they're trying to, you know, test out these devices or whatever you're in the trial for. And they need you to do what they tell you to do. Um, but for me, <laughs> I wanted... I don't want to say I wanted better, but I wanted, um, I wanted more in, you know, normal, normal uh, glucose numbers for my son. And so they're telling me, 
you can't do this. And I'm saying, well, yes, I am going to do this. And my husband was super worried, you know, again, gritting his teeth, like you're going to get us kicked out of this trial. (laughs) And I'm like, Mark, I said, I don't honestly, like if I have to choose between Scott Benner and the trial, I'm choosing Scott Benner. (laughs) And I said, I'm not, I, I have to I have to learn what I need to do to get my son in the best place where he can be health wise. And as much as I love like this horizon, this will be available to us within a couple of years. You know, we can get it then. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there were a couple like knockdown drag out fights that we had with my endos office, which I'm not going to name obviously um, <laughs> about um about go about bolusing, changing the basal rates because you can you can go in and change it, and then the system thinks, okay, we need more. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and tightening carb ratios, and and um, it was hard there. There was a lot of like um, push and pull for a while. Um, and so, I think basically what happened is our endo just kind of gave up on us and said, okay, well, <laughs> yeah. they're, they're like, all right, well, you're a lost cause. so <laughs> They're just going to do it. So, so that's interesting yeah. for people to know you're in a trial, but there's not some like uh, kingdom of Omnipod up on a hill where you go. They, they run the trials through doctor's offices. So the, the trial coordinator gives specific instructions to the offices and the offices need to follow them. And by the way, the offices yes. are probably being compensated for being part of the trial. So they have a, sure. a, a large reason why they want to do the right thing. Um, right. But you stayed on the product and started making adjustments. Yes, I did. And um, I think that they, I think a big draw for them with my family was they knew that my husband and I were very invested in our son's health. Mm -hmm. And they knew that um, we were like on the ball, like we were going to show up to the appointments, we were going to make sure we did the call, you know what I mean? Like, we were, we were invested. And so, um, you know, they, I think that, 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 you know, patients like that are, are not always the case. So I think that that's what saved us. (laughs) Well, well, so what happened what happens after you make the adjustments? And if I'm remembering right, like it was basal and where we did the insulin to carb change too, or no? Um, so after I made the adjustments, we changed the basal and we changed the um, insulin to carb. Um, and they called me like the next day and they were like, whoa, 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 what's going on? Like we hopped on today and we saw. Um, and like, he had had like a minor low and they're like, this is why you can't do this. Like he can't have these lows, you know? And, and I said, you know, we're figuring things out. Like, give me a couple days, you right. know? Um, and you know, it's not going to be perfect right away. And, and they're like, no, we, we'd really rather you just stick to, to how we told you to do it. And I was like, well, yeah, I'm really not going to do that, but thank you for the suggestion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's hard to listen. I'm not a deity. I can't just look at it and go like, make this, that, make this, that. Okay. It's perfect. Like you have to see it happen. Exactly. A little bit, and then you have to go. Okay, right. let's move this again, and and like right. lengthen or shorten your preboluses and things like that. You just gotta watch it happen a little bit before you can. I mean, right. there have been times where I've gotten it the first time, and people are like, mm-hmm. "You're amazing," and I'm like, mm, "Hold on, that was lucky." <laughs> don't don't give me no. too much credit for that. Yeah, I mean, we def- there were a couple times where we were like, okay, yeah, we we messed that up. Like, I think we need to change this when he has peanut butter toast next time. You right. know what I mean? Like, yeah. we were figuring it out. Right. Uh, well, so it so it it comes together. I, I it wasn't too long, right? Maybe we spoke for a week or two. You think? Um, yeah, we. I think we spoke for two weeks, and you followed him one more week after that, just to make sure I was doing like a good job. Okay. Okay. 
But um, like, we didn't talk, like I made the decisions and like every once in a while you text me and be like, what are you doing? <laughs> and I'd be like, I'm right on top of that. <laughs> um, well, I really, I, like I said, I found it easy to talk to you, which I guess yeah. now I'm seeing that nobody else does, just me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really good at hiding it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's interesting. Do you, do you have to do that? Like, is there... Do you find that there's a yeah. part of your personality you kind of have to keep to yourself? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Like I'm I'm a functioning, you know, member of society. I have a job and, you know, I have a family. And so like there's certain people that like I feel like safe to like unleash it on. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is what happened that day was like we started to like talk more. And that's when I unleashed it on you about Gray being like, oh, my God. Right. Like, you know. <laughs> and then you kind of were like, listen. I think he's fine. I think you're crazy. You were like, go have a glass of wine. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, all right, he's not going to support my OCD. I'm going to have to go to someone else. <laughs> yeah, I don't usually recommend drinking to people, but you did come off a little like, like tight, tightly wound. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you said it in jest, obviously, but you basically were like, your son is fine. You know, like move on with your day. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I got yeah. stuff to do, which is actually the best way—the best way you could have dealt with it. You know, I do get a lot you of feed into it. Yeah, I get a lot of um, messages thanking me for being matter of fact. Yeah, I, I don't. Mm-hmm. You, I love that about you. Well, listen, you have to understand. I'm not doing that on purpose. Like it's just—it's mm-hmm. just the way. I guess whatever happened in your life that kind of pushed you in your direction. I mean, something obviously happened to mine. I always just felt like there's a lot of things that could go wrong. I don't have time to dwell on any of them because we need to keep moving. I don't want to, I don't want the ground to collapse under my feet. Like I want to keep moving forward. And, and I just, I grew up like that. Like a lot of stuff went wrong in my life when I was growing up and I read your book. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And then, thank you very much. And then, um, That's so meaningful. I don't know why that feels meaningful. Like people have listened to way more words come out of my mouth in this podcast than I would ever be able to write down somewhere. But I think Mm -hmm. it's because I spent six months sitting at a desk is it makes it feel nice. And I also, (laughs) when I started writing that book, had no idea if I could actually do it or not. So, um, oh, yeah. I mean, your book was amazing. Like I literally read it in like two nights. I couldn't put it down. Oh, if anyone's listening, who's a publisher I think my publisher went out of business. If you know how to get the rights to my book so we can keep printing it, uh, Scott. I actually had to buy it from like a used book site. Yeah, yeah. I was happy I found it. Yeah, email me if you know how to fix that. Um, Because apparently all (laughs) I have to do is request that the manuscript be made, given to me. That'll happen. And then, but then I'd have to publish it. I don't know. Help me if you're out there. (laughs) Anyway. um, It's a good book. (laughs) I really appreciate it. You know, I uh, yeah. I missed fifty three days of my senior year of my high school, right? <laughs> yes, I read I read it. I, I'm <laughs> it the only your, your published, life, a very interesting life. I'm the only published author of that's ever come out of my high school. <laughs> Go to school, kids. It's really important. Okay, now, um, <laughs> okay, so we're 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 going over everything. It sounds like it's going really well right now. Like, so are you still in the trial, or is the trial over? It it just keeps getting extended. I think that um, they're going to, I'm hoping that they just extend it till it's released. More and more data. It should be over. Yeah. So they just need data. Yeah. So you're using it for free basically, right? Yeah. Well, you know, everything is free except for the insulin. We used to have to buy your own insulin, but um, all the pods, all the, um, 
what do they call the the transmitters, the sensors, everything is free. Yeah. Oh, you get the Dexcom and the Omnipod for free for being in the trial. You do. Cha-ching. Mm-hmm. Well, look at you. Yeah, except for, well, except for the fact that we have like amazing insurance through, through my husband's work. <laughs> so it was free anyway. <laughs> like we didn't pay anything. We had no deductible. There was like no big win. Was free. Yeah. You should have said to them, look, um, I'll keep using my insurance. Send me a couple G's. <laughs> I know, right? Um, but I've been, what I, I don't know if I can say this and edit it out if I can't. I've been giving supplies to people that can't afford them because I'm like, I'm not, because they expire. So I'm like, you know, we have our little stock, but I'm not letting these go to waste, you know? Well, you're allowed to say whatever you want. I don't think the police are going to come for you, but yeah. <laughs> I, excuse me, I just made myself cough for some reason. I, yeah, I mean, I, think, I don't sell it. I just give it because it's like, and I do the same with insulin. We get so much insulin and it's like, you know, it's, it's sinful how much, you know, insulin we have that we would throw away and people are dying because you they donate can't it. afford it. You donate it to people? Yeah. That's very nice. I don't think that that is uncommon in the diabetes community. So I don't either. Yeah. yeah. If you it's end a, up in diabetes, if you end up in diabetes jail over this, I'd be surprised. <laughs> Plus you have not really said your last name. So it doesn't matter. You need to bail me out. Though. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, yeah. I'll come and get you. But if you start talking about your problems, I'm going to leave. <laughs> so, <laughs> Deal. <laughs> um, you make so much more sense to me now that we've had this conversation. <laughs> I'm sure I do. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And your husband's with you and all? He hasn't left? <laughs> no, he, he's a trooper. Uh, my family, my mom and dad and my family call him, uh, his name is Mark. They call him Saint Mark. <laughs> mm, yeah. You probably just throw a lot of sex at him when he looks upset. <laughs> well, probably more than I, I probably should do more. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny that that's, I have a child with type one diabetes. I have a lot of stress. It's <laughs> the only thing I can think of in that situation. I'm like, what would make me go, uh, she's high strung, but whatever. <laughs> the kids look yeah. like her and I like her. So we're going to stick. Uh, no, no, yeah. not that, not that you should bail on somebody for having trouble, obviously, but, um, sure. yeah, I'm just teasing. Um, no, I know. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I am. I understand. <laughs> so day to day, do you find yourself still worrying about your other child? It creeps in, but it's nowhere near what it used to be. Cool. Certainly. That's really great. In. I mean, it, how could it not? I, I, I would love if there you have a, a listener that says, I never worry about that. You know, like I'd want to talk to them. Like how? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I worry about it. So yeah. I, I don't think I, I, you know, if my children have any kind of problems, like it mm-hmm. impacts me. In like a terrible, I would say a couple of yeah. weeks. A couple of weeks ago, my son was going through a thing, and I started losing weight because mm-hmm. same. That's what I do too. Yeah. I stop eating. I, I was so worried. I stopped eating, mm-hmm. like like stuff like mm-hmm. that. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't get. Listen, if you can, if you can get through life without that happening to you, like good for you. But I'm congratulations. Yeah, I'm too attached to these people. Like I really mm-hmm. want them to be okay. You know, in a way, yes. and and you know, th- there's. I won't bring it up like a name because it, it, it I'm not going to pack it with details, but there's someone that, you know, in the diabetes community who's, who's uh, having a real medical issue now, right? Like a, like a really like life threatening medical issue. It has nothing to do with diabetes. Gosh. It's a person you know about and you see their life online and mm-hmm. it, it's a dire situation and mm-hmm. it just, I mean, beyond the compassion that you can feel for that person and have those thoughts like, how could that happen? And, you know, like, like all this stuff to me, the end of it is in my mind is, well, it could happen, I guess. Like it's, it's incredibly unlikely, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. it could, but it could. 
and mm-hmm. and I need to live like it's not going to, but not be unprepared for if something goes wrong because things are going to go wrong. And right. you know, when you're living with autoimmune diseases, I, I think your odds of things going wrong start going up. And right. you know, is and, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, is everyone going to have like a crazy autoimmune disease that pe- you hear people on here talking about? Like, no, but. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen to one of you. Like the, one of you right now is listening who's not having another problem is going to wake up with celiac or a thyroid mm-hmm. problem or something like that one day. And mm-hmm. you need to have the wherewithal to be like, okay, well, let's learn about this and figure this yep. out and then incorporate it and keep moving because there are no other options, in my opinion. Right. You know, so. There aren't. Uh-huh. It, but that's a, if you've never struggled, the first struggle is tough. And if mm-hmm. you pretend that's going to be the last struggle, then the next one's going to be tough as well. Um, uh, yeah, you know, totally does agree. that make sense? Like, it yes, just, you got to be you're- like prepared, vigilant, but not so much so that you're ruining your life. Right. You have to enjoy the life that you're living right now. And even after the next bad thing comes, you know, like, yeah. otherwise, what's the point? <laughs> but you can't be so Pollyanna that if something does happen, that it just runs you over. Like there's right, a middle exactly. ground in there somewhere. Um, yes. Yeah. I think I'm okay with it. And that's the wrong statement. I think I'm a, hmm, what am I? I think I'm able to be impacted by it and then get up again because I grew up in a way where things went wrong yeah. a lot. Mm-hmm. Like I used yeah. to worry about my kids. Like they, they're growing up better than I did. Like there's times where you're like, should I throw something in front of them so that like they have to climb right. over it? You, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, but it, you know what? It turns out for most people, something's gonna happen. So right. you'll get your speed bump somewhere. Everybody gets something. That's yeah. what I always say. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, we were just talking about this on another episode recently. It's uh, it might not be health. It could be finances it might not be finances it might be bad mm-hmm. family like you Relati- know relationships yeah 100 right. but i'm not gonna lie i have thrown up that hail mary to god like please if there's gonna if there's somebody else in my family is gonna get it please let it be me and not my second son you know what i mean like you know you make those deals with like the universe like yeah. just give it to me you get to the <laughs> end and you're like i've done everything i can i'm gonna just say this out loud ink yeah right after his like six vial of vitamin d oil i'm like okay this is it well you also (laughs) you also open yourself up to things that aren't valuable when you start really Mm -hmm. reaching and 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 being worried like how do you know the difference between like when dr benito comes on and has the i mean i don't know if you've listened to that thyroid episode but it's it's a master's class on thyroid and, yeah, yeah, I did. Right. Mm-hmm. And she's um amazing. And she'll say things like, Yo, you could try this, or you know, if you're I forget like something about milk thistle if you're having a problem or something like that. Um, and how do you know the difference between someone who knows what they're talking about saying something and a friend of yours on Facebook who's like, if you take the strawberry essential oil and mix it with the milk, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Your hair will grow better. Mm-hmm. Like, like I like that right? kind uh-huh. like how do you know where the line is? And by the way, if you're getting some benefit from essential oils, if your life is better because of them, I ain't judging you. I'm just saying exactly. if if the mint and the strawberry made my hair grow, then we'd all have really great hair because that, right. that would be a thing that would be unimpeachable in the world. You just be like, oh my God, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, how do you yeah. find the middle? Like, how do you stop yourself from going like, I'm going to eat cinnamon today to keep my blood sugar? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that kind of stuff. 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know the answer to that. Yeah. You just have to do what feels right. Right. Jamie's like, listen, when I hear stuff like that, I buy cinnamon down. It. <laughs> but, no, actually like I feel really bad because like somebody on a website once posted, like, has anyone ever tried like living their life without insulin and just like remaining on diet and herbs? And I, and I just like wrote a comment with like a, an eye roll. I was having a particularly bad day mm-hmm. and I was like, are you freaking kidding me? And, um, and then like, like the next day I felt bad because and I was like, why would you, why wouldn't I have just said like, no, that doesn't work. You know what I mean? Right. But like those type of people really irritate me. <laughs> <laughs> well, on certain days they irritate you. Right. Other days I could probably be a little more compassionate. <laughs> I wonder if you were more centered. I think that's a nice way to say it. Um, Very nice. <laughs> do, do you think you would intersect with those people differently? Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Cause there are days that I am really centered and I'm like, you know, like, you know, insulin is a hormone and, you know, herbs don't, you know, replace hormones, you know, (laughs) but like that day I was just like, really, really, really? Okay. (laughs) I think that it's pretty obvious when you're online and you see people interacting, it's, it's people who aren't calm inside or centered, or I don't know what the word is exactly like, like peaceful, maybe You you can see it in their interactions. Yeah, it's it, more about them than anyone else. It, it, there's a lot of different ways. Like, just there's a, there's um, they're irritated. You can tell they're mm-hmm. irritated, or they have a burning desire to make sure that the thing they know becomes the thing you know, or something yeah. like that. And, and I've seen people because our because the Facebook page for the for the the podcast is is really uncommon online. Yeah, um, people are very nice, which yeah, is awesome. Yeah, and so. I've seen people start off great, say something kind of crappy to somebody once, and like I don't block people and stuff like that. Like I listen, I've blocked like four or five people in my life, but <laughs> but I, I'll send like I'll just answer. Like I don't send messages. Like I answer in front of everybody. I'm like, yo, what are you doing? Like right? Like why would you say that? Like she's asking for help. You know, right. like you're gonna come through with your snarky idea here. Like do you think this is the mm-hmm. time for that? Y- you know, yeah. and then you'll get like. A thoughtful response 10 12 hours later like yeah i'm sorry i don't know why i did that and mm-hmm. it, i just think you just got to treat each other like adults but my greater point is if you're that person you you might not see it while you're doing it you know and no. and, and how do you know unless you go back later and, and facebook doesn't uh, social media in general doesn't allow for back scrolling like it's just it's constantly rolling right. on you know so you don't even get to, mm-hmm. to learn but you know and then there's the other side of it. Like some people are just way too touchy. You say something that's completely yeah. reasonable and they're like, I can't believe you said that. It hurts my sensibility about whatever. And you're like, oh my God, like, come on. Like, like, so there's gotta yeah. be a balance mm-hmm. in there of like kindness and, and thick skin at the same respect. time. Respect. Yeah. yeah and, and respect. respect. Yeah. You're talking about difficult things. Like somebody might right. have an idea that's, I the the best I can always see is that sometimes there's a, there's an adult type one who's had a rough go and a parent will say something and they'll be like, oh, I can't believe you're doing that to them. Or why just stick their finger that many times? Like there'll be people who hear you say how much you tested your son who doesn't have diabetes and they'll be mortified by it. But sure, but, I'm mortified by it. <laughs> yeah, No, no, I understand. Yeah. Well, Jamie, you're terrific. Seriously. Thanks. I am scratching <laughs> I you the off. the same way about you. Oh, well, thank you. I am scratching you off the if my wife dies and her husband dies list, but. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm. But I, 
Yeah, Think plus, about the diabetic children. That we could make. I know, right? No, I'm, I'm probably incredibly older than you, so don't even worry about it. Um, yeah, you'd be like, ah, sorry, old man. I like the advice on the blood sugar thing, but not enough to go yeah. the whole way here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm being funny. I assume if we met in person, you'd be like, mm, no, thank you. <laughs> No way. Like I told my husband, I'm like, the next time Scott talks, we are going. I don't care where it is. Like I need to give that man a hug and I am not a huggy person. Mm. But like I've told you before, you have changed my family's life and it's huge. And I don't think you realize it. I don't think you realize like the impact that you have. I know you, you have, yes, you have an impact on the diabetes community, like sure. But like individually, like you have to recognize how many people's lives that you've changed. It's huge. Like what you're doing is amazing. I thank you very much for saying that. That is very You're nice. Welcome. I do. It's the it, truth. I, it, it, so they understand academically. I do understand, but right. I get your. I take your point, and I believe you're right. It's. It's. Yeah. It would probably be. I think it would be overwhelming if I actually. It would be took yeah. all that like that. It, it would and, if you and, even could comprehend the amount you know that you've helped people. It's. It, it would be. Um. I. I don't know what I would do. Like I'd probably. I'd probably get in the car and on the highway and cry like you just said. Which when you said it, I was like, <laughs> I've never done that before. Like one time I've ever cried in a car. I've had accidents where I haven't cried. <laughs> I'm like. I'm like. Yeah. You know that thing everyone does. You're like. Uh, nah. No. I don't know that thing. It happened to me when I dropped my son off at college. Oh yeah. But it mm-hmm. wasn't even bawling. Like the water just right. ran out of my eyes. Mm-hmm. I wasn't like, you know, yeah. the part of the, the like the like that part. Yes. Nothing. Mm-hmm. I was completely <laughs> stoic and and water just ran out of my eyes for 45 minutes. Well, if you need me to teach you about the gross, ugly cry, I'll teach you. <laughs> I, 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 uh, I think I got there pretty close in the beginning of diabetes, but I'm doing better yeah. now. Uh, and and um, but don't worry if I need it, I'll be, I'll be able to whip it out again, I think. I, yeah, and you know who to call. <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. Is there anything that we didn't talk about that we should have? Um, I don't think so. I think when I came in, I wanted to make sure that if there's other, I haven't heard an episode that you've done about a mom or a dad that had the PTSD and like going through it. And I, so I wanted to like, I wanted that, and then like I, I knew the trial was probably going to be a point of interest. So. Yeah, you're good. Yeah, Thank you. I think no, we're good, Scott. This was terrific. I really appreciate yeah. it. I know. Um, that when we get on at first, I'm like, I'm not 100% sure what we're going to talk about. Is that deflating? Yeah. I, I'm, no I'm, way. I, I okay. knew you were going to do that because I've heard you do it to people before. So you understand. So I was like, yeah. Yeah. yeah you yeah, understand that once we start talking, I have a complete recollection of our interactions. Yeah. But yeah, 100%. If, you, if you just said to me, hey, it's Jamie, I'd be like, Jamie, I think that's the uh, – because that's how it goes through my – it's funny that you said like, at one point I texted like – it's kind of like the way I talk about using the insulin while we're texting is kind of cold. But – I also don't want there to be confusion. Also, when you start talking to people, they start explaining. And Mm -hmm. I don't really need that. (laughs) Like I don't need all the Right. Like you can't have you can't have eight million best friends. Yeah, right. Like I just need to know the nuts and the bolts of what's going on here. I actually helped a a lady with a three year old this week and um, in Canada. I hope she's doing well. And um and um at the end I, I said to her, I was like I said, we were done and I was like, Hey, you were very good at this. Thank you. And she said, yeah, I've heard you talk about it on the podcast. I did not want to overwhelm with details that you didn't need because there's a mm-hmm. moment when we start where I ask a lot of yes or no questions. And mm-hmm. w- and I'll, if we're texting or even on the phone, I'll ask the question. And if, mm-hmm. if the answer comes back, 
bigger than yes or no, I'm like, no, 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 shut up. Don't tell me your theories right now. I just, I'm, I'm compiling data. Like after I compile my data, then we'll chat, you know? Um, yeah. And I got that sense for you. One part of my personality is I'm very good at reading people. And I got that sense from you. And I'm like, you know what? Like I'm going to do whatever this man needs me to do that he will help me. So you were super kind afterwards. Like I've never, I've never received so many kind notes and gestures like as I have from you like you tried to send I, I had to stop you from sending me things right yes you did you did and, you know my husband was on board too like you changed our lives and like I don't take that's not a small thing for me you know what I mean like oh, no yeah absolutely and I try like I'm not a big poster on social media but I go onto Juicebox and I post his graphs every so often I don't want to be like a bragger but I want people to understand like this is life-changing you need to listen to this I'm you glad know? I'm glad but I mean you were physically going to send me like supplies, life yes, supplies. Yes. And I, yes. and then you were, and then you were like, you're crazy. <laughs> well, can I be honest with you? Yeah. So, so many people do that, <laughs> that at this point, like sometimes I look around my house and I'm like, I, I don't, I don't want, I don't need this. Like, I don't know what to do with this. Except for, well, you know what is, I looked up restaurants. Like I'm like a huge creeper. And like, I went to your Facebook page. I'm like, okay, this is the town he lives in. I'm going to try to find like a restaurant gift certificate because <laughs> so he can take his family out to dinner, you know, because of how much time you spent with me. That's time you could have spent with your family. You it's, know what I mean? I'm like, go out to dinner on me. And you were like, no, like really like, please do not. Please like, stop. Okay, <laughs> 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 because it's hard to like, it makes me, I, I, I swung through a Panera. I don't like Panera bread, but somebody in my family wanted it. And I rolled through yeah. the drive through and yeah. I said to my wife, I'm like, I have a gift card for this. And she goes, you don't. <laughs> she goes, what? I said, I have a digital gift card for this. And she's like, Aww. why? You don't come here. And I was like, I was helping a lady on the phone one day. <laughs> and we got done. And she's like, let me buy you lunch. And I was like, please don't. <laughs> and yeah. uh-huh. the next thing I know, I get this $25 gift card to Panera Bread Aww. like through my email. And I was like, I, I please don't. I, I So I've had it for like a year. And when I used it, I was like... <laughs> So you don't understand, like it'll start making me feel bad. Like that's like, what you said. And, yeah, yeah, I'll get, I'll have the twenty five dollar gift card, and I won't use it, and I'll start feeling badly about it. Like send cash, you know? What I mean? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> but like Mike, M- Mike now heard his voice and knows I'm talking about him. Mike sends me barbecue supplies. That's stuff. That's stuff I really like. But but if but if he, but if he sends like a like a flavor and I don't like it, then I feel yeah. ba- I feel bad then. And I can't, yeah. I don't want you guys to send me stuff for the same reason I didn't want a dog. It's not because I don't want a dog and it's not because I don't want to be responsible for a dog. It's because that every day I don't live up to my responsibility, I feel bad about it. Right. Like, yeah. I don't know what's wrong with me. Maybe I need some eye movement therapy or, you know, <laughs> a time machine to go back and find some people who would have been nicer to me or whatever. But, yeah. um, but I can't deal, I can't take too much of that. Like I, but what I told you before was you need to understand and look at me, we're lecturing you that people want to reciprocate and it's not a friendship, but it's a, it's a relationship. You know what I mean? And people want to feel like they're, they're showing their appreciation. So what I did, because <clears throat> you're not the only person who badgers me, um, is that, um, <laughs> there's one person in particular that was very helpful explaining that to me privately. And it was probably me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it actually wasn't. I know who it was. Um, uh, and uh, she made the point to me that that it's something people need to do and that it's yes. it's kind for you to let them do it. 
And yes, I, never... I was just going to say you need to be more gracious about it. <laughs> yeah, well, I feel like I am being gracious by telling you don't worry about it. But what I didn't realize was is that then you are left with an incomplete feeling. Yes, and it's not so much about you as it is about your listeners. So I didn't. So that's a weird leap to make in your head because the the extension of that is you're going to send me something or you're going to give me money, and Mm -hmm. and it took me a long time to figure out that that meant like closure for you, like you felt like a loop was closed, and so I started a, a buy me a coffee site. So. Oh, good. Yeah. And that's been really nice. Where is that? Why has that not been like advertised? Well, what am I going to do? Scott, I'll buy you a coffee every day. I don't want (laughs) to. It's a hard thing to do. Like to say, hey, here's my buy me a coffee link. Why don't you send me some money? It's a very weird thing to say. Why don't you text me or email me the link and I'm going to post it on Juicebox. Hey, everyone. We love Scott. So (laughs) like two two weeks ago for my birthday, someone made a post like that and said, hey, let's everybody buy Scott a cup of coffee for his birthday. Oh, I missed it. And by the time it was over, like we started having, co- like I started seeing the money like move up and I was like, what am I going to mm-hmm. do about it? Like now, now I feel bad. Like, right. And now the, it's, <laughs> it's moving up. And I said to people, like, they're like, somebody asked what I was going to do with it. And I said, you know what? I, I have a really crappy chair that I make the podcast and like, I, yes. maybe I should buy a great chair. So I am sitting now uh, in a really nice, super comfortable, good. super supportive, very expensive chair that was completely good. paid for by people who had that feeling and yes. I am very comfortable with that. Like, and, and maybe Good. it's because they're smaller amounts. Like, do you know what I mean? Like people put in five right. bucks, 10 bucks, like a couple, I have to be honest with you. I, sometimes it would ding in front of me and it would be like, somebody bought you 10 cups of coffee or, you know, became a member of the site and they're going to send money every month. And I'm like, I really just, I never expected anyone would do that. I just thought I'd set it up oh and then I'd make it like available. And like, here, you know, if you feel this, like I thought I would tell a couple people. And then somebody posted it on their own and it just exploded. So I'm so glad that you finally like accepted that because that was my one bone I had with you is like, really like, I need to show my appreciation. Like that's the way American society works. Like, you know what I mean? You were irritating at the end. I I remember. (laughs) I know. (laughs) But in a really lovely way. (laughs) I'm going to go send you a million cups of coffee. So there. (laughs) Well, they're five bucks a piece. So be careful what you promise. And uh, (laughs) anyway, now that we've gone all through this thing, now I feel like I'll be a douche if I don't just say it. It's, uh, I think it's, it's so funny that I really don't know. Let me look real quick. Um, Oh, that's hilarious. Of course, it's with that. It's buymeacoffee.com forward slash juice box. And I I have started putting the link in the show notes. I figured people could just find it without asking me. And that way I wouldn't have to feel badly every time somebody asks. Buymeacoffee.com forward slash juice box. Got it. That's it. So anyway, it's not the point of all this. The point of all this is that you have obsessive thoughts and Omnipod 5 looks like it's going to work great for people. So um, yeah. Mm -hmm. So thank you very much for doing this. Yeah, absolutely. I had an amazing time. Me too. Just in case you thought I was kidding back there a second ago, I did not get that link right. It's actually buymeacoffee.com forward slash juicebox podcast. I knew I didn't know it when I said I didn't know it. I want to thank the Contour Next One Blood Glucose Meter for sponsoring this episode of the Juicebox Podcast. Get over there now at contournext.com forward slash juicebox. 
get yourself an accurate meter. It's simple to do, and it's a it's a it's a damn fine thing you can do for yourself there. Like, be healthy. Like, don't you want to make good decisions with your insulin and carbs? Step one is to know what your blood sugar actually is. If you're enjoying the Juice Box podcast, please share it with a friend or someone else who you think might enjoy it. Like, for example, your endocrinologist, nurse practitioner, lady across the street, person you see in traffic, anybody really. Honestly, I'm just looking for you to share the show. But more specifically with people who have type 1, type 2, use insulin, doctors, pharmacists, you know, those types of people. Those people, those types. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Juicebox Podcast.